You're listening to the Sermon Podcast from Real Life on the Palouse, reaching the world for Jesus, one person at a time. My name is Josh Gray. I get the privilege of being the lead servant here at this church. Um, it's a privilege and an honor, and I'm just honored to be able to be here with you guys today. We are flying off into a new series that's going to take us all the way to Resurrection Sunday, otherwise known as Easter. And so we're going to be building a foundation all the way to Easter. Uh, that's going to be really cool. I think you guys are going to love this series as we get educated uh, on the kind of the framework of the Bible. Uh, anybody ever been like, man, there's like 66 books by 40 authors inspired by one person. How does that all fit together? Anybody ever? Just me? Okay, cool. All right. I'm glad I'm teaching. No. Um, so when you think about this, there's a, there's a big framework that happens within the text. And so... We're going to be diving into this. Uh, this is week one of Restored. God makes a way, right? And he is in the restoration business in a very, very high level, and he is concerned about restoring you and me and all of us that are sitting in here today. He's concerned about the restoration of our souls. He's concerned about that. And so um, anybody remember that game show called Let's Make a Covenant? Oh, that's right. It was called Let's Make a Deal, right? You wore like the goofy costumes. It was like a 70s game show. And they're like, do you have a Canadian dime from 1974? And you can win $100. And everybody's going through all their stuff, right? Really great grain show. About making a deal, right? Well, this is, uh, this is far more than, than making a deal. God doesn't necessarily just want to make a, a deal with his people. He wants to make a covenant. So the word covenant is not an overly uh, utilized word in my uh, in my my upbringing. I didn't think about covenants often, uh, but when I was in the sales world, uh, one of the things that I uh, got a chance to to learn about was dirty words. And you don't want to say any dirty words. And dirty words are something that would raise anxiety. It would raise what we call decision constipation. Right? You don't want to say any of these dirty words or these things that, that are making people uh, have fear. Some of those dirty words that you could never say in a, a, an appointment that I used to have would be sell. You never say sell. You never say sold. You never say buy. You never say honestly. Let me, to be honest with you, whenever somebody says that, you're like, are you lying to me most of the time? Is this the one moment of truth and honest? <laughs> right? To be honest with you. No, we don't say that. We never say cheap or cheaper. We never say cost or price. We never say sign. We never say signature. We never say deal. And we never say contract. Why don't you just sign this contract? You should just go like, (laughs) well, why would you have that reaction? Why did your mom tell you to never sign a contract Read everything over before. Make sure you understand it. Why is that an automatic reaction for us? Because we know in our hearts that our word is our bond and contracts are a big deal. Now, contracts would also be something similar to what we would find uh, in the text. It would be like a, con- a, a treaty, right? Uh, maybe a will, maybe a, a, a covenant, is what God would call it. Funny things about some contracts, uh, I was looking at some different contracts, performance contracts. Van Halen, at their contract, if they were performing live, they would not allow any brown M&Ms. They wanted M&Ms, but you have to take all the brown ones out. I don't know why. 
want to make sure they're paying uh, close attention to detail. J-Lo was performing at a special event, Jennifer Lopez, for those that you don't know. And she was performing at a special event, and she required that everything in her dressing room area be bright, like pure white. The couch, the curtains, like just, it's just part of the deal. You got to make everything pure white in there. And she wanted Cuban food. I've got an amen on Cuban food over there, my man. All right. Um, So these contracts and and covenants, you know, like the contracts to me seem pretty cheapened today. And you see that in the sports world or those different things where, you know, covenant sounds stronger. Like we're talking about a covenant versus a contract or a covenant versus a deal. And so uh, I see and hear about contracts being broken all the time. Ex-player feels that he's undervalued. So the thing that he signed that he agreed to perform for, he's deciding to break that contract. He's not going to do it for that because he's undervalued. Or teams do it all the time too, where they're like, ah, oh, that guy's not performing. We're going to release you from your contract. We're going to break the deal, the terms of the deal. So the Hebrew word for covenant, which is what we're focusing on, is berit. And so a covenant is uh, in the ancient world was similar to what we in the modern world would call a contract or treaty or will. Each covenant established the basis of a relationship, conditions for what the relationship uh, would be like, the promises uh, and conditions of the relationship, the consequences if those weren't met. So one of the most familiar examples that we might find of a covenant in today's world would be like a, a marriage covenant when you get married, right? And so when you get married, one of the things that you say that you do is you're tying the Tying the knot, right? You're making some, you're, you're putting like a handhold in here. You're making this thing stronger, maybe more, more, have a better ability to use it. And so you're tying the knot. And it's more than just a promise, isn't it? Have you ever heard, been, you know, how many people been to a wedding? Okay, great, good. Raise your hand if you're a dude and you're married. It's you. You've been there. You were there. You don't remember. No. Um, and so when you're there and you hear, you go to these weddings, you hear like, you know, um, for sickness, till sickness and health until death do us part for richer or poor. Like there's all of these promises called vows all built into that. Right. And a lot of times you'll see a, a preacher or a pastor say, and what man ha- or what God has, has joined, let no man. Yes. No, no man separate. Let no mass, man, ascend, no, keep it. It's, it's there. It's more than just a deal. It's more than just a promise. It's more than just a handshake. So here's why, you know, why is this covenant so important? Why does covenant matter? Covenant, and this is going to help us with these 66 books by 40 different authors over uh, by an inspired God who inspires them. It's going to help us put the framework. Covenants provide the framework for how the whole biblical story holds together. And I'll start helping as we go down this pathway when we start going and you're like, oh yeah, that's the Noahic covenant. Oh yeah, that's the uh, Abrahamic covenant. Oh, that's the Mosaic covenant. We're not going to hit every single, every single one of them, but we're going to work our way to something, some sort of a covenant that happened on Easter. I wonder what that could be. Um, so as the story of the text unfolds, we see that God is a, he's a covenant making God. He's also a covenant keeping God and a covenant fulfilling God. And he establishes these covenants with these folks. And you're going to see this through the text from Adam to Noah, to Abraham, to Moses, to David. It's like a movie trailer. All put together. You're like, dun, 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 dun. What happened? Right? And so um, we're going to see how his plan unfolds. And covenants is the structure of the story. So 
The goal of this series is for us to journey together and look closely at how God has been currently, or in the past, how he has been, and how he currently is seeking to restore humankind into right relationship. And you can't separate restoration from covenant. They are tied together. So the seriousness of a covenant. Covenants were made with the spilling of blood. To this day in the Middle East, covenants are made with blood. There'd be a sacrificial animal, be cut in half, right? The parties would walk between the, the blood. They would, they would walk between. But remember, you'd be like a blood brother. Did anybody try this when they were a kid? You're like, we're blood brothers. And you're like, like we're mixing our blood together. We are so, you see this in like the, the kings and queens and all of the, the, that culture where you're like, oh, no, well, this is, she's a prince from France or a, uh, a princess from France marrying this person from Belgium. And now they have blood. And you don't want to necessarily harm your own blood. And so they would walk through this covenant path and they would say, if I break this covenant, may this be done to me. If I break this covenant, may this be done to me. May I be sacrificed. So making a covenant is not a a light deal. Now, recognizing that the party seeking in this covenant at this time, what God is seeking with us, is he's, he's, he's deadly serious about you. Say, say this with me. Say, say that, that God is very serious about me. Everybody together. God is very serious about me. All right, let's do it with some energy and some passion and some hand motions, okay? So, say, say, God is very serious about me. All right. Oh, you guys didn't do it at home. No. (laughs) Welcome, by the way, all of you watching online. So glad you're joining us. Uh, You didn't have to fight the snow to get here. Good. Um, So uh, he's very serious. God's very serious about me. But the covenant he makes is always about restoration. It's always about restoration. Covenant and restoration are tied together. Anybody ever try to climb a rope? Anybody ever try to climb a rope without knots? There's a technique, right? You like wrap your leg around it and you're like, can't, yeah, I can't do that. Um, or like my son did in uh, the Spartan race, he just puts his legs to the side and just kind of shuffles up it like that. For some reason, I couldn't do that. But there's, there's a bond. And what's going to happen over the series is we're going to tie some knots in our rope with God as God seeks to restore us because you can never separate restoration and covenant because God is serious about oh, just one of you. Cool. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Um, no, he's serious about us, right? So he is, uh, he says in Deuteronomy, uh, he says, be strong, courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them for the Lord, your God goes with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. He says that over, there's about 25 different texts I was looking at where God's like, I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to leave you. They refer to it in Hebrews. They refer to it in Deuteronomy. I'm not going to leave you. He will never leave you or forsake you wherever you fall to. He's not a God that's going to be like, oh, bummer. So sorry. Oh, you want the rope? Nope. Sorry. That's not the God that we serve. Our God is here to make a way. 
So why do we need a covenant? What happened? Why do we need any covenants? What happened? Why do we even need this? Because we were in broken relationship with God. Right? There's this thing called sin. And God made this, made this deal with us, this covenant with us, that we could walk in the garden. We were naked and unashamed, which is saying something. We were naked and unashamed. We didn't know. We didn't know that. We were, we were walking in the garden with God and, and, and overseeing his creation and all those things. And he said, you can eat from any tree in the garden, anything that you want here, except for that one. That one's bad for you. And we were like, well, are you sure? And we were deceived. And we fell into this thing called sin. Sin causes separation from God. For myself, I'm mostly separated from God out of shame and guilt, uh, not because he's ashamed of me. I separate myself. I tell the stories in my head of my sin and how I'm separated from God, but that's not what God says. See, God, our loving creator, is not okay. I mean, he is, he is not okay being separated from you. Say it with me. God is not okay being separated from me. He's not okay with that. Do you know how not okay he is with that? He is so not okay with that that he started uh, having covenants. He was like, I'm not okay with being separated with these guys. I'm, I'm going to make a way for them to come back. I want to make a way for restoration. How would you be with your, with your children? How Some of you maybe in here have been separated from your kids. Are you okay with that? You're not okay with that. And God is not okay with being separated from us. He's a way maker. I hope we sing that tonight. I can't remember if we are. He's a way maker. He makes a way. He made a way with covenant with Adam and Noah and Abraham and Moses and David and his son, Jesus Christ. Now covenants, God's covenants, when he's making the sea, so it's the, it's the, it's the more, uh, he's making this deal, this covenant with us. He makes it all like his covenants are wrapped in what we would say called hased. Say hased. Has said, has said. So has said in the text, when you see this wrapped around, his covenants are wrapped in has said. They're not pinning, pinning us down and trying to make it so we, so they can, he can say in, in domination over us. He wants relationship, not domination. God wants relationship, not domination. So his covenants are wrapped in has said. And has said in the text, it's used 149 times for the word mercy. It's used 40 times in the text for the word kindness. It's used 30 times in the text for loving kindness. 12 times in the text for goodness. So God makes covenants wrapped in hased, wrapped in mercy, wrapped in loving kindness because he does not desire for us to be separated. Isaiah 54, 8 says, In a surge of anger, I hid my face from you for a moment. But with everlasting kindness, I will have compassion on you, says the Lord, your Redeemer. Isaiah 54, 10 says, uh, Though the mountains may be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, 
nor my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord who has compassion on you. Our God is deeply, deeply invested in us. The heart of his covenant is more about hased, about loving kindness, about mercy, about restoration. So there's two major types of covenants that we see in the text. One is called a, a parity covenant, and it's agreement between two equal parties. And it benefits both parties. And so here's the, here's the deal. We're going to, you know, this, this is, you see it in, uh, in military uh, treaties and those things, something that we're going to work together. And if we work together, we're going to be stronger and safer together. And you're, you're kind of bound by this, this parity, uh, what they call like a parity covenant. So, uh, example, like the kings would enter into a mutually beneficial covenant, for example, like trade or mutual protection. I call it like Buffalo style. Uh, the guys I used to run with, we kind of had a Buffalo style if we got in a fight. And that was you fight one of us, you fight us all. Buffalo style. So those are like parody covenants. And then you have uh, what the second type of covenant is a suzerain vassal covenant. And it's made between two unequal parties. And it's always initiated by the more powerful one. What kind of covenant do you think that we're in with our Father in heaven? Who's more powerful? God, right? So he sees us. He sees us sin. He sees us make, uh, going through these things. And he's like, no. No, 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 not my children. Not what, that's not what's going to happen here. And so these, uh, this covenant is, uh, is more of like a, uh, it's, it's about, you know, example, like a great king would uh, making a treaty with a conquered king, offering relationship, land, and a cease of conflict and protection. The lesser party could either accept the offer of the relationship or reject it. You get to accept the offer of relationship with the creator God or reject it. And God initiates this covenant. And so over our series, we're going to uh, talk about the Noahic covenant and the Abrahamic covenant and the uh, Mosaic covenant and the Davidic covenant. And I'll walk through this process of God and they're all wrapped in Hased, all wrapped in loving kindness and mercy, reaching to be with his people, wanting to be with his people. Think about the story of the prodigal son. Right, just an example of like, like how, how awful was that kid? It was a bad deal, right? But the father is looking for restoration, and he's looking for restoration with you and me. So this is our series for the next uh, six weeks, examining how God is doing each of these covenants, ending with the new covenant that Jesus initiated through his death and resurrection. And the goal has always been to once again walk in the garden naked and unashamed with our Father. It's New Jerusalem. So I want to, as we think about this, what's going to happen is we're going to start tying knots in our ropes over this period as we go through this. And I want to have an easy visual for you guys to know, like, okay, and what is this covenant again? What does this look like? Let me have, Lucas doesn't even know this. Lucas, welcome to my volunteer land. Come on down, Lucas. I'm going to give you a... So, Lucas, let's pretend that you actually sinned once, okay? And let's say that, like, you fell down right here and you sinned. So just lay down there. Where's our camera guy? Sorry. You're way out of the way. We got Lucas down here. He sinned. And let's just uh, implore this lie even more and pretend like I was God, okay? And so it's like, oh, Lucas is down there. He sinned, right? Oh, what a bummer. That's too bad. I really am sad for that. No, no, no. 
Like, well, darn it, Lucas, there you go. You sent, oh, you didn't grab it? You're too tired? You're too beat up? You don't know what's going on? Let me throw another one at you. Oh, you couldn't get it, right? And so we have someone, like, that's us, right? That's us. We've, we've, we've sinned. Stay right there, Lucas. You're doing good. Are you comfortable? <laughs> it looks very nice, very soft concrete, right? And so God is not the God who's just beating us with a rope or throwing, down, uh, throwing something down to us. He continues on this process and see his people uh, falling away from him, but yet he never gives up. And he, so he's making these covenants as he's going to fulfill these covenants. And he's like, hey, uh, Noah, let's tie a rope. Oh, man, I probably messed that up. No, I didn't. Good job. Let's tie a rope right here in the Noahic covenant. And he makes, he makes a, a covenant with Noah. And then he goes on and he makes the next covenant. And, he, and maybe it's with Moses this time. And then maybe it's with Abraham. And he starts tying these, these knots to make it easier. And now we have a better handhold, right? But we still have the wrong picture that our God is way up here. Uh, Brian, come here and hold this. Right here. We're, you can hold Lucas and I at the same time with this massively strong rope. I'm sure. Thanks for your volunteerism. So... Again, if we continue on with this horrible analogy, uh, saying that I was God, which I am not, and Lucas was a man who was a sinner, God's not just like, oh, hey, he's not grabbing the rope. And so God comes down, and he comes down to his people, and he grabs his people, and he's like, no, we have to go. I want relationship with you, Lucas. And so he gets up, and then he helps Lucas, and Lucas is grabbing him, and God is here, and God is bringing him up. Come on, get on stage, Lucas. Get up there. <laughs> And God wants to bring you back. Thank you, guys. Thank you, both of you. Does you understand the picture there? This is not about a God who's angry and who's mad and he wants to whip us and beat us with a rope and he's angry at you. He is making a way. Oh, that's a good one. Oh, broke that one. Broke that covenant. Hey, that happens too. Um, so uh, anyway, we'll get to that later. Uh, but as you think about the picture that we're going for of moving towards Resurrection Sunday... Like, he is making a way. He gives you handholds along your faith. And those handholds come in the form of his text. And those handholds come in the form of his people. How many of us have had a handhold along our way in our walk with God? Yeah. A moment where he met you and he either met you uh, on your, and within your heart or he met you with somebody else. And so God makes a way. There is no separation of covenant from restoration. They're tied together. Tonight, we have some folks tonight that are going to make a personal covenant with God. What must I do to be saved? You know, repent of your sins. Acknowledge Jesus as Lord. Be baptized. And so we have some people tonight that are going to be making a covenant with God right over here, and they're going to be saying, nope, I'm yours. I'm going to follow you. We ask them questions. We'll ask them questions like, you know, um, are, you, are you in this tub tonight of your own free will? Did anybody force you to be here? No, no, I want to be here. So you're doing this out of your own free will. Yes, I am. Okay, great. And are you choosing to follow Jesus? Do you believe that, 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 that Jesus Christ is the son of the living God and that he came down here to provide a way, to make a way, to fulfill the covenant. Oh, yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. Okay, great. Well, because of your confession of faith, we're going to baptize you. We're going to do what Jesus did. Matthew 4.19, right? Come and follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Well, following you, what did Jesus do? Did Jesus get baptized? Yeah. 
Yeah, he got baptized, right? And, he, and, and then he's making us fishers of men and women. He's, conf- he's moving us, and we see that through covenant. We see God doing that with his people all the way, and Jesus comes to do that with us. Let me make a way for you. Let me show you the way. Let me show you how. So tonight, people are going to get the chance. And I want you to think about it today. For you in here today, if you've accepted the Lord or if you're considering that, today would be a great day to do that. It doesn't say wait until there's an organized party, you know, two months from now to get baptized. You do it now. You can do it tonight. Tonight, come back tonight. If God's working on your heart and you're like, I, I, no, I want to be, I want to be, I want to be on the knot. I want to climb this rope. I want to be carried up this rope. Maybe tonight's your night. I don't care if you've been a Christian for 40 years. Maybe tonight's your night. Maybe you're like, no, tonight's my night. And so you can see myself or Adam about that, but let's celebrate this tonight, people making covenants. It's a celebratory night, and God, he will not be separated from you. He will pursue you into the deepest, darkest corners of your life. You can't run and hide from him. Search me, O Lord. Because he loves you. How does it feel to have a father who chases you, who pursues you, who cares about you? So much so that he gave us his son. You can tell. Go ahead and get your uh, communion elements ready. You can tell. Uh, this is a piece of advice given to me. You could, you know, the contract, the paperwork, all those things. Who, who's behind it? What's the character behind it? Remember the old days where you used to have a handshake, and that handshake, your word was your bond. Well, let me ask you this: What's the character behind God's covenants with you and me? Is He going to be good on His word? How sold out is he to the covenants and the contracts that he's made with you and I? He's pretty sold out, isn't he? Enough to send his only son down here to fulfill these covenants. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took the bread and he had given thanks and he broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's remember him. In the same way, after our supper, he took the cup. He said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death. Let's let's proclaim him. Lord, I'm excited uh, for this series. I'm excited for where you're taking this church. I would love it if you would just continue to unfold the story that you've given us, that you would make it pierce us to our souls, to our hearts, that we would understand that you are not okay being separated from us, that we would understand that you are very, very, very serious about us that you spilt your very own son's blood in the covenant 
with us. Lord, help us to be as serious about you as you are with us. Help us to desire to not be separated from you like you desire to not be separated from us. Lord, let us walk well as we move and understand your texts and as we move to celebrate the covenant that you made with us. You are a good God. May your hands be upon us and we love you. In Jesus' name. Thanks for checking out this message from Real Life. You can find out more about us by visiting liferotp.com and connecting with us on Facebook and Instagram. Until next time, have a great week.